I'm now joined by Simeon Hyman, global investment strategist at ProShares, who just a few weeks ago, they launched the first and currently only U.S.-listed inverse Bitcoin futures ETF, the ProShares Short Bitcoin Strategy ETF, ticker BITI, BITI. This already is nearing $70 million in assets, which is pretty good, uh, certainly helped by Bitcoin's recent declines. Now, of course, in October of last year, ProShares launched the first long-only Bitcoin futures ETF, the ProShares Bitcoin Strategy ETF, ticker BITO, B-I-T-O. That's obviously been a a very well-received product, given there is no spot Bitcoin ETF. So BITO currently has nearly $700 million in assets, and Simeon is now on the line with me from New York. Simeon, always a pleasure. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks very much for having me. You know, it's funny. So uh, as I'm sure you recall, the last time we chatted was actually the day Bitto launched. I think you had just rung the uh, the bell at the NYSE. You're doing a bunch of uh, media that morning. There was just so much publicity around that launch. And now here we are less than a year later. You've rolled out the first short Bitcoin futures ETF. I- I'm curious, did the approval of the short Bitcoin ETF, did that take longer or was it shorter than you expected? You know, I, I, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm the investment strategy guy, so <laughs> uh, that that's not my day to day job. So I'm not sure exactly what the timeline was, but we, we certainly were, we're, we're now the only folks who have both the, uh, you know, the long and the short exposure, as you, as you noted, BITO was, you know, perhaps the uh, most successful ETF launch in history. We garnered about a billion dollars worth of assets in just a, a few days back in the fall. And uh, we thought it was important to offer the opportunity for investors to either profit from moves the other way in Bitcoin or other portfolio hedging uh, needs that they might have. So we were really pleased to bring BITI. You went BITI. I think sometimes we go BITI, but we're we're open to alternative pronunciations. Yeah, I think that's a, a uh, really topic excited. of debate out on Twitter. I think some different people run run polls, but I'll take you. You're the you're the you're the issuer here, so you tell us how uh, it should be pronounced. Uh, but, but I'm going to go Biddy. All right. So I, I'm going to take your convention here. So let's talk Biddy and its construction. And then, you know, I want to talk more about Bitto and in a spot Bitcoin ETF. So so Biddy seeks to offer the inverse return of the S&P CME Bitcoin futures index on a daily basis, which quick note on that. ProShares is very clear on their website that due to the compounding of daily returns, if you're holding the CTF for longer than a day, you might get uh, potentially substantially different returns than expected. And, and Simeon, we can certainly talk more about that. But first, just explain how the CTF is actually getting its exposure. Yeah, so this is a, this is an inverse fund, so it's short the futures. And, and the futures is important, both for BITO, for BITO and BITI. Uh, yeah, it, if on, on, first, let's, let's just start with the futures market, and then we'll talk about the shorting aspect. So it's very interesting. If you look at what's happened in um, Bitcoin this past year, you know, as the saying goes, when the tide goes out, you kind of see what people are wearing when they go swimming. And of course, there's been a lot of stress in just that regular spot market uh, with the lenders. Every day you see another lender having problems. But even in the simple Bitcoin exchanges, the largest U.S. exchange in their last 10Q had to disclose that in the event of a bankruptcy, client accounts may not be segregated and protected. So that's a lot of hair on on sort of regular, almost what you, you might think are regular ways to get exposure. And in the meantime, 
the futures market has matured quite nicely. So on the long side with BITO, you can see that the performance is spot on the uh, the uh, the Bitcoin Galaxy Index. And what that tells you is the roll cost thing, you know, mm-hmm. the need to, if you're on the long side, invest sequentially in the next futures contract and the next one as they roll over, that's collapsed to almost nothing, which is actually what ought to happen when the market matures and becomes efficient because there's no storage costs there. So yeah, it, it, it stands in contrast to a spot market that's getting a little chaotic, a futures market with a clearinghouse that you know manages counterparty risk and the benefits of a 40-act ETF, really critical. And on the short side, we're really pleased to bring BITI to the market because it's it's really challenging to try to short Bitcoin. Even if you could do it in a brokerage account, in a, in a Bitcoin brokerage account, it's hard. And the cost of that margin could be anywhere from 5 to 20%. So, you know, bringing out BITI, Biddy at 95 basis points in an ETF, nice and easy to execute, we thought uh, – you know, completed uh, completed the package of, of both sides of the of the coin from our as a solution to investors. I mentioned a potential shortcoming of Biddy is that it does have that daily reset, so there could be some negative compounding effects. And I also think it's important to note, even though to your point on what the the current Bitcoin futures market looks like, the the, the futures curve, if that market is in backwardation. There could be a negative performance drag with that as well on, on this short exposure because you have to roll that that short exposure every month. So I do think those are two important things for investors to understand. However, to what you were alluding to, I also think it's important for investors to compare this ETF to other ways they might attempt to short the price of Bitcoin. So can, can you maybe just talk a little bit more about both of those areas? So the potential issues with the daily reset and enrolling futures. But then on the other hand, the, the potential, uh, again, lower costs and convenience benefits of Biddy compared to, say, just straight up short selling futures on your own or buying puts on other Bitcoin related products, those sorts of things. Uh, I, this is a very efficient way to get short exposure. And also, let's not forget one of the most obvious benefits that uh, if you invest in, in, in Biddy as an ETF, you can't lose more money than you invest. That's a, that's a big piece of the equation. And look, the daily reset is important. Uh, You know, I'll almost spin it on its head as a little bit of a risk management piece because every morning you wake up and you know what that exposure is. So, uh, again, you want, as you noted, should pay attention to it. Uh, But to some extent, it's a feature, not a bug. And and again, a very efficient way to get that short exposure to compare to um, just about any other way that you would be seeking that in the current uh, market construct. Okay, going to the long version of this strategy, the ProShares Bitcoin Strategy ETF, BitO. Again, this holds CME-traded Bitcoin futures, primarily uh, front month, uh, their their second month exposure there too. But again, you were first to market. And back when this launched, there was a lot of criticism, honestly, including for me. I was very vocal about this potential performance drag of rolling futures every month because the Bitcoin futures market had historically been in contango. And that can be a negative with a long strategy. But to what you were saying earlier, if you look at the performance since inception, uh, and, and this is through yesterday, I'm showing Bitto is down around 70%. Well, the spot price of Bitcoin is down just a, a hair less than that, which is pretty darn good over nearly nine months. And, and that includes your fee. And, and let me just add, some people may hear, oh, you know, Bitcoin is down 70%. See, there shouldn't be a, a Bitcoin ETF. That's not ProShare's job, right? So, I mean, your job is to offer the exposure, exposure that people are already getting elsewhere, I might add. 
your job is to offer that exposure as efficiently as possible. And it looks like that's what's being done. I guess my question is, can you just expand on why has the CTF tracked so close? I know you talked a little bit about this earlier, that the market has matured, but is it as simple as the shape of the futures curve over the past nine months or, or so? Well, so it is the shape of the futures curve, but that is a reflection of the maturation of that futures market. So, yeah, it's from the from the very beginning of the history of the futures, um, that futures curve was a little steeper. So, you know, when we launched, people looked backwards and said, I think you're going to have some roll costs that are material. And as it's turning out, they're not there. And, you know, it, this goes to first principles. If you think about what the cost of uh, of a, of a, of or what the shape of the curve should be slash the cost of the roll should be, um, it really should be something like a very short-term risk-free rate if there's no storage cost because you can, you know, simply, you know, through triangular arbitrage, there shouldn't be any money to be made there other than uh, a short-term risk-free rate. So the roll cost coming down to almost nothing is consistent with what ought to happen in a mature in a maturing market, and that's what we've seen. Besides that aspect, how do you feel like the product has been operating on the back end? Because, again, I remember there being a, a lot of concerns around things like CFTC imposed position limits. There were concerns around uh, futures commission merchants. And again, I, I'll be honest, I was vocal here as well. I'm not, I'm not going to hide from that. But I'm assuming you feel everything is working just fine here. But the way I think about it is um, we at ProShares are Bitcoin futures experts. So I, have, I, I will actually say that I have been to a mine. <laughs> I have actually been to a mine in the desert next to a big power plant with the servers in the, in the water bath. So, but if you want to start talking to me about forks and things and stuff, um, that's not – I know some of it to be dangerous, but our job is to be futures experts and know how to run funds like this. And it's part of the legacy of ProShares um, that, you know, we are experts at running ETFs using futures and swaps and things. And, and that's what we do best. And, and uh, uh, we've been doing it quite well since the, uh, since, since the inception of the firm and uh, since the launch of BITO and BITI. And, and by the way, a data point for listeners. So this courtesy of Bloomberg's Eric Balchunas, he noted yesterday that Bitto has passed GBTC, the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, an average daily volume this year. So trading $170 million a day uh, shows you investors turning to this vehicle to get that Bitcoin price exposure. We, uh, we, had, a, uh, we had a toast. We, we, toasted our <laughs> cold this, we toasted our cold brews this morning when, uh, when we uh, all uh, saw that news. So we're <laughs> proud of that. Absolutely. All right, uh, Simeon, let's close by talking spot Bitcoin ETF. Uh, as I'm sure you're aware, the SEC recently uh, disapproved filings from Grayscale and Bitwise. Grayscale is now suing the SEC. And look, I know you're not an attorney. You made that abundantly clear to me last time I tried pressing you on some of these <laughs> questions uh, in October. And uh, and we started off our conversation by, I think you uh, reminded me of that. But uh, can you offer any sort of perspective here? I, I mean, I keep saying that if bad actors are actually able to manipulate the spot Bitcoin market, that's going to impact CME traded futures as well, because these two markets are intertwined. So from my perspective, if the SEC is comfortable with a futures-based product, then they should be comfortable with a spot 
product as well, because these both would take pricing references from the exact same crypto exchanges. There, there, there's no difference in, in that regard. I, I'll get off my soapbox, but from your perspective, we're now 10 years uh, since the Winklevoss twins filed for the, the, the first spot Bitcoin ETF. 10 years. When does this all end? So I'll make two points. First, <laughs> the one that we've just discussed, that the very well-functioning futures market um, and the volume that you noted has been making, uh, you know, BITO not a second-class choice at all, but a first-class choice for Bitcoin exposure. So we'll start there. The second point I would make is back to what I, I think you can call some chaos in that spot market. You know, if assets aren't segregated in a simple brokerage account, and if you know folks have to look in the dumpster for their key um, for custody. You know, that's a market that's not quite mature yet. I can't comment on what's in the mind of the SEC or what a timeline might be. But if you're just looking at the way the world's working right now, the spot market's not the, the futures market is a little bit more mature than the spot market. And when you put the futures market protections together with a 40 act ETF, uh, it's a pretty robust alternative right now. Well, Simeon, congrats on getting uh, Bitty. I'll make sure to call it that, not BitEye. Congrats on getting that to market. Clearly, ProShares has a real knack for reading the uh, the regulatory tea leaves on this stuff. So, uh, again, congratulations on that. And thank you for joining me this week. Thanks for having me again. Take care. That was Simeon Hyman, global investment strategist at ProShares.